0: such a strong presence in this place right now. I want to... feel like we're going to go back. I was just telling Marcus, we're going to just... I'm gonna go into something right now, I just feel the Lord has for us. So just stay, stay in this place of just a heart consecrated before the Lord. Set on the Lord right now. Eyes on Him. As we were just worshiping, the Lord was just reminding me of this, this story of Elijah where he, he goes to Mount Carmel and he does this miraculous thing and fire comes down from heaven and consumes an altar and burns everything up. It was an assignment that he actually had, but the assignment wasn't over. There was another assignment that he had. And there was fear and intimidation that came in in his life. And it, and it shifted things for him. Uh, right after that, is a, there's a messenger that comes from uh, Jezebel. It wasn't even Jezebel. It was a, a messenger that says, hey, she's going to come after you. After he had seen fire fall, 400 Baal prophets are, are killed. <laughs> and God is glorified there's an intimidation that comes in. <laughs> and the Lord brings Isaiah to this place and he says this to him. He goes, I want you to go out and I want you to stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. And There's a few things I just feel that the Lord is just wants us to understand here in this. That First off, there is a there are assignments that He calls us to. And we've been realizing just even in the last probably week and a half, two weeks, there's a shifting of everything that is being done, everything that has been done in the past, that there's a new thing that He's doing. He's doing things a new way. He's a, there's new assignments that are coming on us. And we can get caught up in, in holding on to the things that of the past, the things that maybe the Lord was with us in those times, but we cannot stay in those places because they were good. We must follow the Holy Spirit, must follow the leading of the Lord. And I feel like for a lot of us, for me, for you, the Lord's been, we've seen things, we've seen the Lord do amazing things, mighty things. Don't go back and try to do it again. Don't go back and say, well, it worked last time. I'm going to do it again. Moses did this. He hit, he hit the, the rock, and water came out. The Lord says, now I want you to speak to the rock. And Moses was like, well, I, I know that when I hit the rock, water comes out. He hit the rock, and water did come out. But it wasn't the plan for the, that the Lord had. We have to be in such alignment with his plan. Moses did not get to cross in over into the promised land. There was a shifting of his heart, a lack of trust in that moment to say, ah, I'm going to trust in the way that it happened before, not in the way that you're calling me to do it. This is such an important season for us, such an important time right now. And sometimes we're looking for the Lord to, to act or, or to move in certain ways. And, and the Lord was showing Elijah this <laughs> in 1 Kings 19. He brings him out to this place, and he goes, Go, stand on the mountain, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you my glory. I'm going to walk before you. But then he was showing something to him because Elijah was expecting him to come in power like he had come in power before. And he doesn't come in power. It says this it says, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart. <laughs> Have you ever seen a great and powerful wind tear a mountain apart? You would say, well, that's the Lord. <laughs> and it shattered the rocks before the Lord. And it says, but the Lord was not in the wind. And then after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire came a gentle whisper. And I want to caution us, I feel like, even as we're looking sometimes for the manifestations of the presence of God, we're looking for them in certain ways, that sometimes it's actually in the whisper. His presence is here right now. We don't have to see rain coming down from the ceiling like it did a couple of weeks ago where it just started raining at the end of the service, <laughs> right in the middle of the service. We don't have to see a wind. We don't have to hear anything. That still calls quiet voice is actually a silent voice. It was making no sound. And that's where the Lord was. It says, when Elisha heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the Lord said this to him, Elijah, what are you doing? Elijah had been running because of a messenger from Jezebel out of fear for his life. And he says, Elijah, what are you doing? And I feel like this is something for us that we need to realize. The question I feel like the Lord has for each one of us this morning is what are you doing? What is your position right now? I believe that there's a commissioning that the Lord has for us. He he sets assignments in place and then he commissions. I was just seeing this the other day. I was seeing how with Moses, he had an assignment for him to go and to set the people free, to set the Israelites free. But then what happened? He actually, he comes before him in a, in a fiery bush. He says, Moses, I want you to take your shoes off, take your sandals off, because you're on holy ground. That holiness was a place that Moses stepped into to align him with heaven. With the plans and the purposes that he had for Him, So there's assignments, but then he aligns us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He brings us into this place of holiness, and, and he sets, there was an angel there, and it was a fiery angel. The Lord talks, the Bible talks about fiery angels, talks about the seraphs, and they're actually fiery beings that are in the presence of the Lord, they're at the altar. They're in the throne room, and they're fiery beings. There was an angel or a fiery being that was with Moses. You see in Isaiah 6, you see Isaiah caught up into the throne room. And there are these seraphs, and they take, they take the, the, uh, the coal, and they touch it to the lips of Isaiah. For what for What purpose? for a commissioning, it was a place of holiness that he says, your your, your sins are now atoned for. And now you're commissioned, and he says, who will go for me? (laughs) And Isaiah says, ah, you've just commissioned me, here am I, send me, I'll go, I'm gonna go into that place. Before Joshua, he, he had the assignment from the Lord But in in, in Joshua 6, before he actually took down one kingdom, same thing that happened to Moses. It's an angel of the the Lord, a commander of the armies of the Lord, stood before him. And and Joshua says this, are you you for us? (laughs) And I think this is another just key. The Lord is not for us. We are to be servants of the Lord for him for his purposes. I've said this many times, get over yourself because it's not about you, it's about him. And when we become empty vessels, he fills us with the all-surpassing power of God. We begin to move according to his spirit, according to his ways, on the assignment that he has for that very time and then he commissions us. And I feel like there's a commissioning even with fire. I feel like there's something that's going to happen here. I'm going to have Corey come up and and uh, and just release some things right now. We're going to go back into a time of worship. Uh, Whatever assignment you've had in the past, it's about to change. Things are about to shift just want to say get ready for the shift get ready for the move do not get so set upon the the things the giftings the talents the things that you have i spoke a little bit about this Wednesday and i just want to say there are, there are things that the the holy spirit actually it's by the grace of god that he puts that he gives us giftings but what the church has done is it's locked us in to say oh you're gifted in that and that's your calling that's what you're called to And then what happens is we get frustrated because the grace of God is lifted off of us and we're still trying to operate in the same assignment that we're no longer assigned to. We need to take our eyes off of the assignments and get our eyes on the assigner because assignments are changing and commissionings are happening for those that will be prepared, that our hearts are prepared for the new assignments that are at hand. You may say, well, I'm not... I can't speak. I'm not called to speak. Neither was Moses. He's like, I can't speak. I stutter. The Lord says, I don't care. I'm calling you to do it. I'll, I'll be with you. So we need to get over ourselves, out of this comfort zone that we've been in. We think that comfort is connected with, with assignments. I believe it's just the opposite. The moment that we get comfortable with assignment, it's not the place we're supposed to be. So the Lord is shifting things. It's a new season. It's a new day. And if we don't align with him, if our hearts are not prepared, we're going to miss the actual assignment that you're called to in this season and the commissioning that's there for you. And it's these words right here. Elijah, what are you doing? Get in alignment with me. Get in position for the assignment that I have in this time. Elijah missed it. And the Lord said, you're going to need to go and you're going to appoint Elisha now. He's the one that's going to take your place. You're not ready for the assignment. I need someone else to step in. My heart, my prayer is that we would not be Elijah's in that moment that actually missed the assignment that they were supposed to have. Amen? All right, Corey. Amen.
1: Amen. I I want to look at this uh, Exodus passage right here. If you have your Bibles, or we can put it up on the screen. I think it's really important, the whole holy ground. And I want to connect it with with the commissioning because for 40 years, Moses had been tending sheep. Moses was tending sheep on the backside of the desert. He had been serving his father-in-law, serving mundane, and many times God will use You know, I always think of the Karate Kid, how he used to paint the fence, wash the car, all that kind of stuff. And it was actually preparing him for his call and teaching him karate in that sense. Well, the Lord was training him how to be a shepherd of a natural flock because he was being prepared to host and to shepherd God's flock, Israel. I want you to see this, though. This is really important. Exodus 3, verse 1. Are you there? Now, now, Moses was tending the flock. There it is. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian. There it is. And he led him, he led the flock to the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The mountain of God, he will bring the nation of Israel back to this mountain. And that's where God will descend in fire and will betroth himself to a whole nation. But Moses is getting his encounter at the mountain right now. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Whenever you see the angel of the Lord show up in the Old Testament, it's a manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ. This is how Jesus showed up in the Old Testament. He appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. I want you to see this. So he looked. That's the first thing. We're talking about eyes. A redirecting of eyes. He looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Here's a key verse right here. This is moving into alignment to pay attention to something new that God is doing. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned, God called to him from the midst of the bush. He didn't talk to him until he turned. He didn't speak till he turned. And many of us are in the middle of our mundane, and I'm convinced that God's preparation for the call of God on our life is in the school of the mundane. And But yet, in the school of the mundane, becoming sensitive to His leading, to His voice, and to His ways to be able to see something unique and be able to stop on a dime and turn aside. Being able to turn aside and see this great sight and it was in the turn that God called to him now I want you to go to Revelation 1 verse 10. Revelation 1 verse 10. thank you Holy Spirit we love you we love you I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day now I want you to see this this is John the Apostle Okay, he's an old man, 90 years old, exiled to Patmos. And he's standing this direction. And he hears behind him a loud voice as of a trumpet. Okay. This is what the trumpet said. I'm the Alpha, Omega, first and last. What you see, write it in a book and send it to the seven churches. Now look at the next verse and tell me if you've seen this before. Then I turned. I turn to see the voice. How do you see a voice? He's turning to see where's the voice coming from. And having turned, I saw. He wouldn't have seen if he didn't turn. He wouldn't have seen if he didn't turn. And whenever God wants to birth you into a new season... It's a call for a fresh turning to see what he's doing new in that season. And whenever God wants to rattle you out of your cages, rattle you out of your flow, he will speak afresh, release something new that you've never seen before, and it will require you to pay attention and to lean in in a fresh way to be able to move into your season of commissioning. I've asked the Lord this, and I I do feel like there's an invitation over the house. I can feel the trumpet blast. Whenever there's a fresh visitation, there's a fresh turning. And when I think about turning, I think about three areas of turning. Number one, turning away from things. There There are voices in your life you need to shut down coming through are all of the different areas that in which voices come all of the different narratives that are coming there are things there are substances there are people that you need to begin to distance yourself from them so that you can move into a new season it looks like something from you we all want glory but it always requires a step and a movement towards him to prepare us for what he's going to release You gotta turn away from things. Number two, and I, this is something that I've been thinking about the glory of God ever since I've been in here all morning. Glory, 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 glory. There's two places where the manifest glory of God is concentrated. In heaven, in the throne room. Revelation four, verse one. I heard a voice like a trumpet saying, come up here. And he was caught up in the spirit to behold the throne of God and the glory of God surrounding the throne. We are called to ascend in this hour to the throne room. So I think there's a turning up, but I also think there's a turning within. The second place that the glory of God is made concentrated is deep within our spirits. Deep within our spirits. Can you put 2 Corinthians 3.18 up here? I I want you to meditate on these verses. The throne room and in your spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Come on, guys. Paul in 2 Corinthians 3 is going to take the greatest experience in the Old Testament. Pretty much, I'd say the greatest corporate encounter in the whole Word of God is God descending on Mount Sinai in the sight of about a million people. There's only a handful at the death of Jesus. There's only a couple at the resurrection. 500 saw Him ascend, but a million people saw God come down on a mountain and because God was calling the nation to behold Him. He was calling the nation into looking at him and that his fear and his love would be established in the heart of a nation. As you all know, they didn't want it, they didn't want to encounter and they sent Moses up. And so Moses went up into the glory of God. Exodus thirty-three eighteen 18 said, Please show me your glory. And after Moses was in the glory of God and encountered God, the Bible said he came down the mountain with the two commandments with the Ten Commandments. And the Bible says that his face was shining. And his face was shining so bright, he had to put a veil over his face. Because it was blinding and it was impacting everybody. Nobody could look at him, so he had to put a veil over his face. Paul is going to use that experience, the greatest Old Testament encounter, and say, it's inferior. It's an inferior revelation. See, Moses encountered God and all it did was touch his face and it began to fade away. He says, now the mountain is inside your spirit. He says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And then he releases one of the greatest verses in the the whole word of God he says now we all everybody say we all all. it's corporate it's not just individuals in a corner it's corporate we all with unveiled faces the veils are removed because the veils are taken away in Christ look at this beholding beholding as in a mirror look at this the glory of the Lord Everybody put your hand on your belly. Glory. Christ in you, hope of glory. The Shekinah flame is dwelling on the inside of you. Do you know you're a burning bush? I'm a burning bush. You're a burning bush. We've got fire within us and we're not being consumed by it. You have the very glory of God dwelling on the inside of you. And Paul makes an amazing statement right here. He says, as you behold the glory, you are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is our way of transformation. This is how we turn away from the lesser lovers. This is how we turn away from the lesser things. As you keep beholding him and looking at him and engaging with glory, you are transformed into the same image. Christianity is not you trying harder. It's you looking at him more. Christianity is not you gritting your teeth saying, I got to be better. I got to stop that. It's so much higher than that. Friends, you have received the very Spirit of God. You have been liberated from the bondage of sin and death. You've been liberated from the law of sin and death. And you've been brought into the law of the Spirit of life. You have liberty within you. You have a new hard drive within you. You're free. You're liberated. And we've got glory within us there's an invitation for us in this hour as we're crossing over and it's glory and we're going to turn aside to encounter glory we're going to take our shoes off because it's a fresh commissioning we're on holy ground we're on holy ground when god shows up In places you never would have thought he would have showed up, you realize God can turn mundane space into holy space. Holy Spirit.
0: just feel there is, a, there is a commissioning that he wants to
1: do. <laughs> I
0: just feel like even right now, just listen to the Lord. Set your eyes on him. Behold him right now. Just that, that verse. It says, when we behold him, this is how we become like him. We set our eyes on Him. Set the eyes of our hearts on Him.
1: There's a transformation
0: that begins to happen. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would speak individually to every person in this place. You need to hear His voice. (laughs) A lot of us sometimes we're looking... For a word from someone else we're looking to hear from someone else to to give us direction we're moving into a time we cannot rely on those things that can be a confirmation this is that getting that oil you need to hear the Lord you need to know the voice of the Lord in this season and in this time you can't afford to to have someone else be that voice for you because other people will miss it I get a lot of words they're not all right <laughs> it's not that people are trying to send me in the wrong direction I need to hear the voice of the Lord you need to hear the voice of the Lord I just felt the Lord just say just wait for a minute So just close your eyes right now. Just every distraction, let it go. There is no time frame with God. <laughs> There's no method or equation with God other than eyes on Him. Blessed are those that have eyes to see and ears to hear. Blessed are those who There's assignments right now. I believe the Lord is just setting in people's hearts. He's opening your eyes to see things in a new way. He's unveiling <laughs> things that have been veiled.
1: Yes. Yeah. Speaking. That's good. Well, that's 2 Corinthians 3. He says, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. We've been talking about turning. It's time to turn. Castle rock, rock, it's time to turn. To turn within. The Lord told me, he says, you need to turn away from things, Corey. You need to turn within into a fresh, engaging with me, the Holy Spirit. And then number three, you need to turn to others who are going after the same thing. You need to find your tribe that's pushing into the same things. Thank you, Jesus.
0: In first Kings nineteen, right after the Lord says this, he goes, He actually asks him two times. He asks he asks him the first time, Elijah, what are you doing? And and Elijah replies and he says, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altars and they put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord shows him who he is in that still quiet voice. And the Lord asks him again, Elijah, what are you doing here? And he responds again, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, put the prophets to death by the sword, and I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. There's a new assignment for this season. Elijah was stuck in his ways. And there was a fear that was allowed to come in. And it took him off course. There's a fear and intimidation in this season, in this time. We've experienced it. We felt it. Felt it over the past couple of years with COVID that came in, with the other things. Now we've got, we've got war and, and rumors of war. We cannot take our eyes off of Jesus This is, the, this is what we do. We say, Lord, what are you doing? And what's my part? What do you have for me to do in this season? What's my assignment right now? And then the Lord does this. There's a commissioning. Whew. I feel like we just move into this. I just... Um, there's a... I feel a physical response to this and that Lord, I thank you for the holy ground. Lord, you are holy. When we come into the throne room, it's holy, holy, holy. There's an opportunity to come into this commissioning. I feel like the, the response is, I mean, even I'm like going, Lord, do we really need to do this? Like, uh, I feel like we're supposed to take our shoes off. I, the Lord has showed me this yesterday. And uh, and I, I was just kind of like, Lord, really? Uh, <laughs> Remember when, when Nahum had, was supposed to, 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 uh, to, to go under seven times? Uh, wash himself seven times in the river. He had he had leprosy, and it just seemed stupid. Like why would I why would I have to do this? Like I'll do other things. I'll do something that's hard, but but I don't want to just go wash myself in this dirty river seven times. So I don't know why the Lord says to do things. Uh, what was interesting is I was talking to Christy about this last night or the other day and and I was like, Christy, I feel like, I feel like we're supposed to do this. Like, take our shoes off and just set them before the Lord and just, this is holy ground. There's, an, a, there's a commissioning that the Lord's doing and I didn't even, I didn't realize that that the kids did this, but yeah, but the youth on a Wednesday night, the Lord told them to do this and and they took their shoes off. <laughs> Let me say this. I think the youth are on the forefront of things. <laughs> they're actually leading the way. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there is, they are leading the way. There is a leading that, that this younger generation has. So they're, they're a couple steps ahead of us. But I'm like, but I'm going to follow. We're going to jump in that river. And we're going to move with what the Lord is calling us to. So you might go, well, it's going to get a little stinky in here. Or, man, I wore the wrong socks. I was, (laughs) I told Marcus, Marcus, I said last night, I I go, I feel like there might be this commissioning. I I said, I don't know. We'll just see where we go. And Marcus goes, well, I'm wearing matching socks tomorrow just in case.
1: (laughs) It's a rare day.
2: Oh, the Lord's
0: funny. Lord, I'm just going to read it. We're actually I'm going to read the one from uh, from Joshua. In Joshua six, so you realize the Lord had already given Joshua the plans; He had already told him what he's to do. In Joshua three, the Lord. Joshua says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord is going to do amazing things among you. There was a consecration that happened. And then in, in Joshua 5, there was a circumcision that happened. All the, all the Israelites that, uh, that were born in that, in that time frame, none of them were circumcised. And, uh, and so there was, the Lord was requiring a circumcision. They're about to go into battle. And for men, like this has to kind of hit you in the heart because you would go, Oh, this is bad timing. (laughs) Circumcision. But it was something that the Lord was, he was doing as he was setting a people apart. He was setting hearts apart unto him. And and there was an obedience to step into something that goes way beyond. Again, this is it where it doesn't make sense. So there's the, the consecration setting themselves apart. They cross over. They've crossed over into the promised land. This is where the the manna goes away. All of a sudden, everything begins to shift. New assignments. But before they go in and, and take down the first kingdom, it says this. So now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him, and he asked, dumb question, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the armies of the Lord, I have now come. And then Joshua did the right thing. He fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does the Lord have for his servants? This is the turning aside. This is to say, okay, I am going to go face down before the Lord. I am turning aside. I'm turning aside from the things, the way, the direction that I've gone, the things that I think that I need to move into. I'm turning aside in this season. It's a new time. And the commander of the Lord's army replies, he says, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And so Joshua did so. This was the commissioning that set him in a place to then take down 31 kingdoms in an area where he had no idea where he was going or what he was doing. And he told the people, he goes, that we don't know what to do. Set your eyes on the ark. We've never gone this way before. It's new territory. It's a new place. And things are about to shift. Mark these words right now. Things are about to shift. Everything is about to change. And what you have known in the past will no longer be able to be used in this season. Things that we have done in the church that we've gone, oh, this works, this is how we do it, this is how we worship, this is how we do these things, everything is about to shift. The Lord is about to shift. Our job is to stay in full alignment with His plans, with His assignments, with what He's calling us into. Of course. So we're going to just go into this. We're going to worship. And I just feel this is the time. I'm going to just take my shoes off here. We're going to get before the Lord. And there's going to be a commissioning. There's going to be, even in that, that atonement, that positioning for what the Lord wants to do. Yes, he's already, what we, our sins are forgiven. But it comes into a place of that alignment with his plans and purposes. And actually, our sins are forgiven in the place of repentance, in the place of full alignment with him. It is by the blood of Jesus. Just that, that scripture, that, which is such a beautiful scripture in 1 John, just says this. Oh. this place which says if we confess our sins he's faithful, he's just and he will forgive our sins. He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. For if we claim that we have not sinned we make him out to be a liar and the word has no place in our lives. His desire is to bring us into, perfect, into that alignment for the assignment through the commissioning. Lord, I thank you that you're commissioning a people today. Lord, I thank you that even in this, I feel like we're laying down, that he had walked, Joshua had walked in his sandals for a period of time. He was laying them down and saying, I'm no longer going to go my way. I'm going to go your way. (laughs) Lord, I thank you. And even in that, I just felt like when you remove the sandals, There was that place of he was touching the holiness of God. Same as with the atonement when he touched his lips. There are new assignments that the Lord is calling us into. So my ask of you is just to respond. Just in that. Take your shoes off. Set them before the Lord. Say, God, I'm giving up the direction that I've been going, I'm turning aside for the assignment that you have for me in this time, forgetting the former things. Behold, he's doing a new thing. Thank you, Jesus.
2: I just feel like the Lord is um, asking us to lay our shoes at the altar, like anywhere up here. I feel like that's an act of surrender. Uh, It's one thing to take them off and hold on to it, but it's another thing to lay it before the Lord. So as you feel that your heart is ready to surrender to the thing he's assigning you into in this season, I just invite you to bring that and lay it before the Lord. God, we say you are worthy of everything. This is a small act of our heart. This is a small act to say yes. I encourage you, even if you're not feeling it, begin to do the thing of obedience. Walk in obedience to what he has. He has a great assignment over each and every person, no matter the age. He is not one that discriminates. We say yes, Lord.
0: I just feel the Lord's heart. Like there's such a pleasure that the Lord has. He's looking for a people. And I would call, like he would call them, a remnant. This isn't everyone. There's a remnant that will say, I'm all in. I'll take my shoes off and I'll go your way. This was a word that was released on a Wednesday night a couple weeks ago. And I'm just going to read a few parts to it. But I feel like it's, it's so important. And it, it's confirmation for what you've just heard. I was just reading it. I heard it, but I didn't hear it. You know, sometimes like you hear things and then you go back and you read it. And I was like, oh, like, wow, there's such weight on them right now. So I'm just gonna read some parts that are important here.
1: It says, in a recent
0: vision, I saw a, batter, a battlefield where many of God's sons and daughters were beginning to move all over the place into new and strategic positions of authority. Let me say, when you step into your assignment and there's a commission into the Lord, there is an authority that you walk in that's of the heavenlies. That's when you have authority is when you're in alignment with the assignment that you have. It positions you for authority. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes we're trying to walk in authority, but we're actually out of alignment. Even that's, we've talked about it like when you have a dislocated shoulder. There's no power when your shoulder's dislocated. It's still there, it's still connected, but you can't lift with it, you can't do anything with it. It affects the entire body. It's in the alignment that you now have power because things are in place, things are aligned. (laughs) I saw these soldiers moving from their previous held positions into new roles and into new assignments. The timing of this is awesome. The move wasn't comfortable, nor did it make sense to the soldier. But the move was a setup to checkmate the enemy. I heard the Lord say, "I am repositioning, and I am realigning my body into strategic places to do battle and to win victory over the principalities and over those regions." Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it is a, it's not a comfortable place and it's not a place that makes sense. But what I love is I believe that we are a people that will say yes, no matter what the cost and no matter how much it makes sense, we just say yes. Skipping down on this, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but God positioned these soldiers, his remnant, realigning them, and he moved them into unusual battle formations. (laughs) Not the old battle formations that we're used to. These are the new battle formations. And I saw many being handed divine keys in this hour while continuing to hold on to the hammer and the sword. This comes from Nehemiah 4. These keys would open new assignments in the earthly realm. There are keys that the Lord has. He talks about the keys. Matthew 16. God is moving his people into a realignment of his will. This is a strategic movement on his part. And it will not make a lot of sense in the moment, but to those who are being called, they will have an unmistakable burning within their spirit. You want to know whether you're in the position? There's something that's going to burn within you. You're you're going to be on fire going, Lord, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I know the assignment for this hour. I know the very things that I'm called to right now. It's going to begin to burn within you. It's not going to burn within your head. It's not your mind. It's not something where you're going to go, yeah, I think this must be it. It makes sense. I got it figured out. No, it's going to burn within your heart. Somebody in the back room was sharing. It's on the road to Emmaus when when those that were with Jesus, and they didn't know it was Jesus, but they said there was, there was something burning within us because Jesus was right there walking with them. <laughs> this is a strategic move on his part. It says this. So it says, they're being called, it's an unmistakable burning in their spirit as the Holy Spirit speaks and he says this, move this way. Walk in this direction. It's that Isaiah 30. When the Lord stands behind you, he goes, this is the way. Walk in it. You're going to know when you're hearing the Spirit and you're aligned with his planes. Last part I just want to read is this It says, keys for the soldier. This is what we talked a little bit about last week, and it's just confirmation. We have to get our oil. We've got to get the oil. (laughs) That was crazy. Do not neglect your time in the word of God in this hour. While there are many pressing issues at hand, there is none more pressing than keeping your oil full. If you do this, if you you do not do this, you will be susceptible to the voices of intimidation and you will likely not be able to withstand the lies. The enemy brings lies. He's the father of lies. When you don't have the oil it's like you're out of that alignment and those those lies those things begin to penetrate they begin to hit we begin to take them as our own never take those lies and in the oil of this presence of the spirit those lies will have no place they'll just wash right off they can't hit it says this keep keep your oil full and you will be able to move with confidence in the direction that god is sending you you are needed let me just reiterate that. Every single one of you, you play a part. You play a role. You're part of the battle. You're part of the army. And everyone plays a role. When you don't play your role, it's not that you just don't aff- It doesn't just affect you. It affects the entire army. Everyone plays a role together. The unity of the body of Christ is critically important in this season. And then moving into our assignments, knowing our assignments. Keep your oil full and you'll be able to move with confidence in the direction that God is sending you. You are needed. Your voice is needed. Your assignment is needed. So stay on guard and stay in the word. (laughs) It says this, do not be afraid to confront the idols and smash them to smithereens. When you're in in alignment, when you're on your assignment, you have full authority. And when you see something that is not in alignment, this is the 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 6. It talks about, it says, anything that tries to raise itself up against the knowledge of God, you have authority to take it down. You have authority to take the idols down, to break those things down. Hezekiah took, he actually took something that was... At a, at a time was really good when Moses made the the bronze snake. The Lord told him to make this bronze snake, and that it was as they as people, as the Israelites would look to the snake when they would get bit, they would get healed. But then they held on to this thing, and it became an idol. And Hezekiah took the very thing that Moses had done, and, and if you think about it, you would go you destroyed that which was Moses put together back years ago, Hezekiah takes it and he smashes it and he grinds it down to nothing because it became an idol in the church. It became an idol of something that was not acceptable to the Lord. There are idols right now that were good things for a period of time and then they became idols. We actually look to those things instead of looking to the Lord. Last part here, it says, pray unceasingly. Pray in tongues throughout the day. <laughs> it's hard to pray in words throughout the day. And let me say, prayer is not always talking, it's not always moving your lips. Actually, most of prayer should be listening. He's a lot smarter than we are, He has a lot more wisdom than we do. Sometimes we just need to shut our mouths, stop complaining stop trying to figure things out, Try, stop trying to talk to him, and listen. Listen to him. Listen to the King of Kings. Listen to the Lord of Lords. Let him speak to us. That's prayer. When it says pray without ceasing, a lot of times it's listening prayer. I don't know if you've heard of listening prayer, but I think we need to spend about 90% of our time, probably more than that. I don't know what the percentage is. Most of our time should be spent listening. And then there's a little time. And in that little time, it should just be a response. Yes, Lord. <laughs> okay, Lord. We, can, we worship him. But when we're in prayer, listen to him, align with him. And then there are declares the, uh, the declarations, there's decrees that he has for us in this time. Yeah. But what we're actually doing is we're hearing from heaven, bringing heaven to earth. So let's align with him before we start just opening our mouths and just talking gibberish because he doesn't actually listen to that. <laughs> pray unceasingly. Pray in tongues throughout the day. Take communion. Taking communion is not necessarily like taking a piece of bread and, and, uh, and a little cup of juice. It's great. But the bigger part is that, that we actually set our hearts on Jesus moment by moment, day by day. We take him in. We breathe him in. He's the bread of life. His blood is more powerful than anything on earth. So sometimes, again, I feel like it's, there's, a, there's an idol that almost gets created with, this, with the, the cup and the, and, the, and the cracker. That becomes the focus. And we focus so much on just taking that and, and eating it that we forget the very purpose of, of what it's for. Don't get caught in the traditions of man that nullify the very word of God. Set our hearts on Him. He's always doing a new thing. The last part, it says, keep your spirit filled with what the Lord is saying and don't be moved until you see his kingdom established over this region. This is his heart and he's looking for remnant people that will say yes and that will see his kingdom come. He says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else he'll take care of. But we're to establish his kingdom. I'm going to do two things here as we just as we finish this this time this awesome time. It's been such a sweet time of gathering together. We're going to sing this song "How Great Is Our God" and just set our eyes on Him, and then we'll do one final song, and it's going to be the blessing song. And uh, and I just want to. If you're around someone else, we're going to just, end that song, just link arms, link hands. There's something just so powerful about the body of Christ that in the oneness, it's the very thing that Jesus prays in John 17. We got to remember that, yes, there's a remnant, but we're called to do this together. He's calling us to love one another the two big commands, the two main things. If, if there's nothing else we do is we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we love the one in front of us. We have such a love for them, a laid down love, sacrificial love for them. That's what the body is all about. We're gonna take a bullet for each other. We'll say, no, not, not on my watch. We are watchmen on the wall. We're gonna, we're gonna come alongside each other. We're gonna lift each other up. We're gonna strengthen each other. We're gonna be the body of Christ. We're known for our love. This love is not a love that the world would know. It's a sacrificial love and that the world would go, how is this possible that they would do these things, that they would lay their lives down for, for one another? It's because we know that love that's on the inside of us. The same love that he gave to us is the only way we can know this love that we can then love with that same love by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can love with that same love. You ready? Let's do it. Let's let's sing how great is our God.